Welcome back. Final hour of the Bill Michael Show. Getting it underway. Glad to have you on board. You want to get a hold of us, 877-867-1670. Let's get back to the phone calls and pick up where we left off. Our buddy Al listening to us in Philadelphia. Al, thanks for holding through the break, man. Now, what you thinking? Um, yeah, no. Oh! Did we lose him, Ben? I think we lost him. I'll try to get him back. See if we get him back. Get our guy Al back. He held through the break for that. Oh. Ah, let's go to Austin, listening to us in Watertown in the meantime. Austin, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Austin, you there? Do we lose our phone lines, Ben? I was getting L back on the line. He's returning. Oh, okay. <laughs> L is back. Well, that's good. There you go. L, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I don't know what the heck just happened. But, um, so I had a couple questions about the Packers. For starters, um... As far as the safety position, you were talking about um, Darnell Savage earlier, like how he took a step back last year. Um, I kind of want to blame that on Joe Barry a little bit, man. Like, me and you talk all year, all through the season, how he plays yep. that cover that cover one and has the guys 10 yards off the receiver. Like, there's no type of uh, aggression when it comes down to our secondary, despite the fact that all our cornerbacks, are, you know, they play well with man. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I feel like to say, is there a possibility that he may address that? this upcoming yep. season? And then secondly, um, about uh, do you think the Packers are going to, like, try to entertain or try to bring um, Amos back possibly, you know, on a, on a lesser deal or do something with that? And then one more you know, thing. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just want to say one more thing. Um, like, I see uh, footage of Aaron Rodgers out there throwing passes to Garrett uh, Wilson and all this other type of stuff. Is the Packers releasing any type of video or any type of footage of Jordan Love throwing anything, handing the ball off, doing anything out here? I just want to see something. Like, I'm just excited <laughs> to see him. So. Yeah. I, just, I was just trying to figure out. I mean, you guys are over there, so you would know more than me. But right. I just wanted to you know, there, You know, it's funny because I really haven't seen a whole lot. You see more on Aaron Rodgers' Instagram account, which get kind of gets retweeted and, and re, resubscribed to or re, I don't re, care. You know, represented, so to speak. So, but also the New York media is fascinated with the fact that Rodgers is there. So you see it on ESPN and such. There's not anybody nationally that's covering Jordan Love right now. So you do see some here. Uh, I, I saw some pictures and such that Mike Clemens took and and, and things like that. But I, I don't, you know, because Jordan Love is a complete unknown at this point, uh, other than the fact that he's taken over for Aaron Rodgers, I don't see anybody nationally going, hey, here's here's the new quarterback for the Packers. Right now it's all about the you know four-time MVP quarterback for the New York media and the New York mob and the gang green and all that stuff because it's New York, so they're covering him like crazy. Uh, good, to the safety position, you, know, you bring up a great point because last year there was a lot of talk about whether or not Adrian Amos uh, was being used properly, and then Darnell Savage, was he being used properly? He was better on slot coverage than he was kind of being a center fielder. He was more of a hitter uh, a couple of years ago than he was this year playing back so much and such. I agree with you. Now, the the door on Adrian Amos, my assumption is it's not 100% closed, but it's pretty closed. Um, if I had to put a percentage on it, it's probably 95% closed, to be honest with you, but it's not completely shut, barring injury. But I do feel that something happened with Darnell Savage where he was kind of doing his own thing and he they weren't using him the way he needed or wanted to be used. And then when he came back, he played better after whatever kind of an attitude adjustment you had. But I don't know if there was something going on off the field. There was a lot of 
you know, kind of the innuendos that maybe something else was going on we never really found out about. But to answer your question, yes, I believe Darnell Savage should be used in a different way than he was being used last year. He's not a he's not a roamer, man. He's a guy that likes physical confrontation. That's the way he came in. He was more of a hitter. I liked that about him. And then all of a sudden he just he went away. He was he was soft arming it almost, trying to just cover you know areas rather than guys. So and to that to your you know observation that I agree with you. Appreciate the phone call. That that was Joe Barry, and, and Mike Clements and I talked about that uh, in the off season uh, during uh, the post game show during the last uh, game against uh, the Detroit Lions. We discussed it a little bit during the huddles. I would expect them to use him differently this year and to be more physical. Uh, and, and I think the overall defense really kind of craved that from where they were to where to where they ended up. So when they fir- were finally allowed to play a little more man, to be a little more aggressive and not die death by a thousand cuts, they were a better defense in my opinion. They did give up some plays, but they were a better overall defense. 877-867-1670. Thanks for listening to us in Philadelphia. Good stuff. To be uh, Aust- go ahead. To be very clear, Bill, the posting of Aaron Rodgers throws is almost primarily coming from the Jet social team because Correct. they're thirsty and they're relevant yes. yep. and they're enjoying all of the hype. But that's and all. they're loving it big time. I think I it's a little too thirsty, and I think it's kind because of because I see uh, I see like Rodgers Instagram account will post it. I'll see the Jets account will post it. It's and then what happens is. Because you've got the guys on GetUp on ESPN, Mike Greenberg is so such a, a giant Jets fan. Anything and everything Rodgers is getting reposted and redone there on ESPN as well. Oh, so the four-letter you... network is infatuated with uh, with Aaron Rodgers being in New York, much like they were when Brett Favre went there. And I, d- d- when do we find out who's going to be on Hard Knocks? Do That's a good that question. I'll find that's, it out. That's got to be coming because we're on, uh, what is it, uh, not tomorrow, but uh, on Thursday, the league schedule's coming out. By the way, did you hear they're going to play a Friday game? Yep, I did. Friday, Black Friday, when a lot of people don't go to work anyway, they figure, hey, everybody's home, everybody's going to be watching football, you might as well put a primetime game on. So they have confirmed that a Black Friday game is going to take place. Now they're efforting into Friday. And I don't know if they've ever had a full, you know, a schedule. Now they've had some games that have been moved because of weather or COVID or what have you. But I don't remember ever them scheduling on a Friday. They've always avoided Fridays because of, uh, because of uh, they didn't want to get into the Friday night lights thing. But they're going to go ahead, and most football seasons for high schools are over by the time you get to Black Friday anyway. But I don't remember them ever scheduling a game on a Friday before. I could be wrong, and if somebody out there wants to let me know, that's fine. But I don't ever remember them scheduling a a Friday game before. It's pretty sad. Uh, Black Friday should be owned by Iowa Nebraska, one of the (laughs) most famous games played in the Big Ten West. And now that will be taken from us. Oh man, yeah. Um, I I tell you what, I'm I'm heartbroken. Speaking of Iowa and betting, 
Yes. There's a really funny deep fake out right now where they can AI and change people's lips to make them look like they're saying something. Yes. Of Kirk Ferentz saying, oh, no, don't worry. The, the only uh, – there was no uh, betting done to uh, our offense last year. That was just ineptitude, and I've made our, uh, my idiot son aware of it. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, is it their own players betting uh, whether or not they score this year? How many touchdowns over and under? When their offense was so hyperbolically poor. 877-867-1670. Let's get back at it. Let's go to Austin listening to us in Watertown. Austin, what's going on up there? Hey, Bill, not much. Um, I just wanted to jump in on the the Packers conversation real quick. Um, I think think people, I think they're going to surprise people next year. Um, I I like what Glee did in the draft. I think there's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Um, I think being being a young team, I think there there are going to be mistakes, but I think the good thing is, is I think they're going to rally around each other. If there's a mistake, they're going to go back to the sideline, pay each other on the shoulder, hey, you know, get a next play. There's going to be a lot of energy. I I, I like where it's going. You know, I I think it's going to be a good team. I think uh, you know there as long as on the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot of talent there. I, I think we'll be I think we'll be all right. I uh, if the defense plays top ten then I would expect this team to be vying for either the top spot in the division or for a wild card at the very least. If the defense is top 10, uh, I would go in that direction. Otherwise, if the defense is 12, 15, 17, nah, it's not going to happen. They're going to be on the outside looking in. There's going to be a lot of close but no cigars, and we're going to be sitting there thinking, okay, what more defensively can Goody do? Because at that point in time, I would probably figure – that uh, Joe Barry is on his way out. Thanks for the thanks for the phone call. Um, if this defense is not a top ten defense this year, Ben, do you figure Joe Barry is gone? I don't, honestly. You and really? My expectations are a little lower. And well, if they're not top ten, and they play most of the season without some of their stars, well, then that makes you know, it tough. Yeah. I, if, if, if there's no Rashawn Gary, if there's no Eric Stokes, uh, I can understand it to a certain extent. But if that's it, now if there's, you know, injuries to Preston Smith and De- Devondre Campbell and, you know, you start to get deep into your, into your you know, backups, well, then obviously, you know, injuries are, are kind of the, the caveat to everything. I think, I, I again, I look at the Barry LaFleur thing and I, I, I continue to believe more pressure is actually on the head coach because I expect more from him. Maybe I just I I, I want to guard myself, but I'm setting expectations kind of averagely for the defense because I need to see how the unit looks first, and I need to see who's healthy, and I need to see what the rookies bring. Meanwhile, you have a head coach who I would I think we all agree that we expect more from offensively and as a leader. So I I'm putting the pressure on him to actually deliver upon what he should be, even with a new quarterback and a new offense. Um. See, I when Goody went to the podium at the end of the season and talked about good talent on defense and not enough pressure on the quarterback and such, I think he was pointing directly at the scheme and at the guy calling the defensive plays. Oh, I know he was. I think he was putting Joe Barry on notice. Part of that would be guarding his own job, though, as a GM, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. 100 percent um like if you gave uh, brian gudekins to beer at a bar 
What do you think he'd expect this defense to be? I think he would say I expect him to be near the top 10. No more of this 17, 15, 13 crap, you know, top 10. He would say, look how much we've invested in this, and we're still not any better. We're just regurgitating guys, first-round draft choices that aren't doing, that aren't reaching what we believe to be their maximum potential. And if they're not doing it, if you put it this way, if I'm a, if, if I'm the general manager and I believe that the talent we found shows me signs of what it is I saw when I drafted them, but yet they're not doing it on the continuum, is it the scheme? Are they playing out a scheme? Do they not understand it? Is there something wrong? Or... Are, are they just incapable of actually kind of getting to the peak of what we thought they would be? Most of the time, though, your own ego is going to tell you, I drafted good talent. And you can start to break down situation to situation and say, why were you calling this? Why were you running this when this guy can't cover this guy or this guy's playing way off of this guy? Why are you giving up a first down? Why are you So is, are my guys, the guys I drafted and the way I drafted them to play, physical and aggressive, why are they then playing back? And that's when I begin to question the coaching. Because, you know, if they're in position to, to, you know, to play well and you say you've built this man-to-man defense and you're not playing man-to-man, well, then you're going to say, damn it, play man-to-man and let's see what they can do. If you let them play man-to-man and they get burned, now that's on you because you've drafted the talent that is incapable of doing what it is you feel they need to do. But... I look at it as let them play the way they want to play, the way they, you know, there's always a scheme and you have to keep things cohesive, but let them, let them do what they're meant to do. And then if it doesn't work, then you back off a little bit, you know, then you go ahead and say, okay, maybe this is the best way we utilize this talent. And then this talent. like Jair is better in, in man press than he is against anything else. Give him their best receiver and say, get in his jock and don't let him go anywhere. Take away that element of their game and let's see what the rest of the defense can do. But this playing zone defense back off the ball and off the line, I, I, I just couldn't fathom that. And, and I think that's where Savage Savage is better taking somebody's head off than he is playing back as a roamer looking around. He just he, he seems to look lost at points in that particular way. So that's why I say I blame it on Joe Barry more than anything. Uh, 877-867-1670. Coming up in about a half an hour, we'll get more of Ben with What Did We Miss? Stay tuned for that. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show yet to come right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Reminding you that uh, 0% 0%, uh, interest for uh, 48 months right now. That's right, 0%, 48 months. They got it going on. All you got to do is get a hold of them. And whether it's for windows, doors, a single window, numerous windows, the whole thing, whatever it happens, maybe a new construction. The number one window and door company chosen in the state of Wisconsin, that's our friends at Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Call them 855-PELLA-WI. Again, that's 855 855- 
P-E-L-L-A-W-I, 855-PELLA-W-I, and see everything for the free in-home consultation. And people ask me about that all the time. Well, what do I got to buy? Nothing. It's free. That's what It's it's 100% free. They'll come. They'll measure. They'll take a look around. They'll tell you, you know, hey, this is what we can offer. They can recommend certain things for your structure. Whatever it happens to be, they can help you out. That is our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Uh, hey, don't forget, coming up, uh, what is it, um, next, uh, next Friday, a week from Friday, we're going to be live at Road America. Should be the first appearance of the Big Unit Cruiser as well. But we're going to be up there for the opener, opener of Road America. They've got the IndyCar Series coming to town this year. The vintage cars are going to be running. The Superbikes are going to be running. Uh, they have also got the uh, Xfinity Series uh, later on in July. Uh, another full race schedule at Road America this year. They have season passes that are on sale, indie tickets that are on sale. Go to RoadAmerica.com. That is RoadAmerica.com. But we're going to be up there Friday, May 19th, doing the uh, the Bill Michael Show live from Road America a week from Friday. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. I love that place. Love it. Love Road America when it gets roaring and ripping and, and such. Uh, can't wait. 877 867 Um. The uh, J. Qual says, okay, Aaron's gone. The truth is the truth no matter where Aaron is. Okay. I don't know necessarily what that means, but all right. Uh, Thomas says uh, it's Barry's time to prove it, which, again, that goes back to what we were stating a little bit earlier. Uh, this was from Andrew who says, uh, I look at Joe Barry and I want to laugh. He looks like he's always confused and sounds confused. If he teaches like that, then don't you think the players he's trying to teach will laugh at him as well? Um, I don't know that he looks and sounds confused, but I do know last year there were people that distanced themselves coaching-wise from him saying, hey, you know, ask Joe. Don't ask me. You know, don't ask me. Um, and like I said, I, I keep going back to that that postseason presser. And, and, again, what, you know, Ben and I were talking about before the break, yeah, you know, Gutekinds is certainly going to be a big believer in the talent that he's drafted. But, you know, even if you say, okay, maybe the guys that, you know, we keep talking about eight first-round draft choices now on this defense, even if, say, the guys aren't first-rounders, say they overestimated and they're third-rounders, you know, you still be able, should be able to mold a really good defense out of this group, right? You would figure. And they haven't been able to do it consistently. I mean, that's a, say this entire defense was made up of third-round draft choices or fourth-rounders. You know, think about that. You, you still should be able to mold a really good defense. And they haven't been able to do that consistently. So, yeah, I... I I believe that you know this is this is uh, their their time to shine. You know, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This is from Jeffrey. Jeffrey says, "Hey guys, love the show. The bottom line is, if Jordan Love plays well, the team will move. If it doesn't, the team won't." I don't know if it's that simple though, Jeffrey. I really don't. I think it's really going to be incumbent upon. Hey, speak of the devil, Ben. I'm sitting here. I've got uh, the four-letter network on in front of me, and uh, suddenly this just in pops up, 
and all of a sudden they talk about uh, which contender should sign Ezekiel Elliott, the the former running back of the uh, of the Dallas Cowboys, and the first thing they show is Aaron Rodgers taking snaps and throwing footballs. So, awesome. That's how fascinated they are. That's how fascinated they are with Aaron Rodgers. So. Oh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up again, 877-867-1670. Um, this, is, uh, this is from the judge. The judge says, uh, hey, guys, uh, do you think the Packers have a legitimate shot at winning the division, or are we just hoping for what could possibly be a wild card? I think Detroit is probably the strongest team in the division, but that's up for argument. Judge, uh, I, we just talked about that a little while ago as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, until... Minnesota gets beat. I still think Minnesota has a ton of firepower. Uh, the second year of their head coach, uh, even though they have lost a little bit defensively speaking, I still think they're the team to beat in the division. Uh, I don't know how good they're going to be. Uh, they picked up Jordan Addison, the young wide receiver in the first round, to go alongside Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne, so they have some additional help there. Uh, they picked up, remember, T.J. Hawkinson in, uh, from the from the Lions last year, who they loved. They utilized him as much as they could. They still have big Christian Derrissaw over there at that left tackle position. Their offensive line is not bad. Kirk Cousins, we know he's kind of coming into the final year of this thing, and they're kind of hoping he makes that jump. Still have Dalvin Cook, who's still with him and Alexander Madison. Those two guys uh, are still a pretty good tandem. But their only real big addition to the defense was Dean Lowry. You know, they've got Harrison Phillips from Buffalo at the right defensive end. Uh, they've got Jordan Hicks uh, now over there at that uh, linebacker position. They uh, they got rid of Zedarius Smith. Oh, no, no. Zedarius is still there, isn't he? He's still there. Zedarius is, is still there. He did not get traded. He, I know there was some talk about him asking for a trade. And I'd have to delve a little bit deeper into that. But, no, I think Zedarius is still there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they've got Roy, the big nose tackle that they picked up in this year in the draft, late round of the draft. Uh, they still got Byron Murphy. They still got Evans, Bynum, Smith, and such in the uh, secondary with Booth, Andrew Booth, uh, who was a second-round draft choice last year. So they've still got some young guys back there. But... Uh, but no, Dene- uh, um, not Daniel Hunter. Uh, who was the other guy they just got rid of? They let walk this year. God, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I apologize. They still have Daniel Hunter on the outside, that left outside linebacker position. But the bottom line was they needed to get better defensively speaking. They picked up a lot of young guys. They added a ton of college free. I mean, like all of their, you know, unsigned college free agents basically went to the defense. So they got a they got a like just this huge target and a ton of talent to fire at the target to see what sticks. But that's really kind of the Achilles heel of the team. They had a lot of comeback wins. They learned how to win offensively last year, but their defense just man, when the chips were down, they just couldn't stop anybody. They were just a bad defense last year. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Um Steve says, uh, hey, I listened to the show today. The question is of the Packers rebuilding the more uh, in a growth mode uh, with good young players, I think. I think the strength of this team is the offensive line. I think a couple or a lot of people should be underestimating this offense. Uh, as I continue to say, they have drafted a lot of speed and athletic football players. Last year's rookies 
have that covered uh, and have that coveted year of experience. And I'm very interested to see the speed on both sides of the ball this year. I agree that Joe Barry is in the crosshairs if the defense does not perform. That's our buddy Steve in uh, in uh, uh, Richfield. So thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Um, who else do we have? Our buddy Jimmy says, uh, hey, this year the uh, Green Bay Packers probably third in the division, albeit only a game will separate the top from the bottom. I think the Bears are going to get better and steal a few games along the way as well. Thoughts? Jimmy, I, I don't know what to make of the Bears. Honest, I mean, their top rusher last year was Justin Fields, much like uh, Lamar Jackson was in, in, in Baltimore until he went down with a knee injury. I, I really don't – I mean – they got rid of Roquan Smith. Uh, they got rid of some staunch defensive players. They cut some cap space. I mean, they have a ton of cap space now that they can get additional players if need be. But I uh, I don't know what to make of the Bears right now in the second year of Eberflus. I still think the Bears are a ways away from learning. But at some point, I agree with you. Look, they're going to have to get better. This is going to be, what, the third year of Justin Fields, right, Ben? This is ben, Justin Fields' third year at the quarterback position. Because he took over for Trubisky, then they cut Trubisky that last year. And now Justin Fields is the guy, obviously. But I think this is the third year of Justin Fields at the helm. And the big thing for the Bears is not necessarily the quarterback position, but it was always the offensive line and protecting him, finding him additional weapons to throw to so you can actually make the offense move. And so his first instinct wasn't to run the football. But defensively speaking, they're not bad. They're just not real good. I still think they're the bottom, the, the cellar dweller in the uh, in the division. And it's not because of Justin Fields. I think it's just because of the personnel around Justin Fields. Just my opinion. Um, yeah, now Jason says the Bears are in full rebuild. They're in full rebuild. That I can that that I will go along with 100. That that when you talk about the uh, the full rebuild, you betcha, you betcha. Hey, check out our friends from Burn Pit Barbecue, BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. Today it's warmer. Today, if you're not going to the Brewers game, you can sit at home do a little grilling out. If you are doing some of the Brewers game today, and you can do a little tailgating, don't forget about our friends at BurnPitBBQ.com. If you don't have it get it go to burnpitbbq.com for sauces hot sauces and rubs and uh, get your grilling on it's their season it's in their wheelhouse they're veteran owned right here in the state of wisconsin racine wisconsin call our friends or get a hold of our friends at burnpitbbq.com this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Ben Kenny alongside. Uh, Brandon says, by the way, when you talk about the Bears, agree 100%, not necessarily Justin Fields, it's the rest of the team. And uh, that, to me, is a full-blown rebuild from about uh, two years ago. After the horrific mistake of trading up to get Mitch Trubisky, which just that's, – that's what I'm saying. If you make a pick and you think that's the real deal, and you're you're gonna you're gonna sink with that guy or swim with that guy, and you're gonna give him every opportunity, even though the rest of the world can see he's not the man. If you go four years with that cat, in those four years you'll bring in talent, you'll lose talent, 
You have to make decisions on on roster. You have to make decisions on salary. What are you going to do? Are you going for it? Are you going to put around a lot of good pieces around this guy who's clearly not the guy? Or are you going to go in a different direction and just kind of kind of reboot? You know, and when you stick with a guy like Trubisky, and, you know, in that meantime, you're bringing in high-dollar talent, you're drafting defense, you're doing all of this to bolster this team, and he's not the guy. And everybody can see he's not the guy. But you're going to get – because you jumped up to get him, you're going to hang on to him like grim death. You will set a franchise back not only those four years, but the additional two or three or four after the fact. So for six years, you will be mired in the town of Suckdom all because your ego says that's the guy. That's why this whole thing with Jordan Love is so imperative that this year and next year you've got a good determining value, which I am so the, – the, the, the contract extension that he signed is so beneficial to both because if he performs, he can still get a big deal. If he doesn't, the Packers can still get out of it and move on and not anguish for the next three or four or five years – with uh, a quarterback that can't get it done because of money. So I, all you got to do is look down to the Bears and say, that's what obstinance will get you, is a lot of nothing over a period of time. And that's the reason I think that deal with, uh, with Jordan Love is so good, because it benefits both, and, the, and good deals benefit both sides. Uh, Randy says, Fields is not a good thrower. Only thing he can do is run. I've never thought he was a great thrower, although I will say, Randy, he's impressed me. He's impressed me more than I thought he would. I think C.J. Stroud coming out of Ohio State is going to be better than Justin Fields, but but he's he's done more from what I've seen than what I thought he would do, if that makes sense. But you're right. He's still not a, a tremendous, accurate thrower. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, um, give us a shout. By the way, Ben, an update, the four-letter network just went to break, but before that, the topic coming up is love it or lose it. It's all about Jordan Love. Love getting some love. How about that? Doesn't well, happen very often. Love might be relative. It might just <laughs> rip the Packers. But I do find it funny that there isn't any any camp coverage of him. It's just all some of the things that he's done, basically either against Kansas City, against Philadelphia, or preseason stuff. So, uh, J- Jason says that uh, I don't think it gets talked about enough, but he did come through COVID. But see, so did everybody else. So what? So did Joe Burrow. So what? He's still in that locker room. He's still on those meetings. He's still learning that offense. He's still playing in preseason games. He's still doing what he needs to do at practice. It's not like they didn't practice. I I, I think COVID, because everybody's on the same playing field, I think COVID's a cop-out. If he was the only one who had it and wasn't able to practice with the rest of the team, okay. I could say that cost him a year, but I, I no. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy that. Because there was other players that developed through COVID. Now we're going to find out. And, okay, let's say that COVID year was strictly a learning year. That's all he was going to do anyway. He wasn't going to play. He wasn't going to start. wasn't going to take starters reps. He was going to basically run a scout team, which is what he did. 
The only thing he missed out on was the extent, expansive preseason. Beyond that, psh, he didn't miss anything. I, he still was there. That was it. So, okay, so then technically we'll make this his, what, third year instead of his fourth. So, in other words, he got his reps two years ago. He got his reps last year. Got got some game time in. He didn't get much more than Aaron Rodgers did. Sitting behind Brett Favre. I, I just, I don't find COVID as, as an excuse. I just don't. And you get to see them play in preseason games. You get a look at them. Yeah, I understand that. But if that's true, then why do all the coaches, all the general managers tell you it's the practice reps, it's running scout team? That's what they look at. Yeah, they kind of look at a little bit of preseason stuff, but, you know, everybody's playing vanilla. Nobody's running anything spectacular. Usually that starting quarterback is running against twos and threes. You don't get a lot out of it. What you get a lot out of is when you're running your scout team against your your ones in practice. I, th- that's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay, would it have helped? It certainly couldn't have hurt. 100% agree with that. Certainly couldn't have hurt. But I'm not going to use COVID as a cop-out to say this is the reason he he doesn't have the experience uh, or at least doesn't have enough experience. 877-867, hit us up, uh, 1670. Uh, Final segment coming up, which is what did we miss? Ben Kenny's going to give it to us. In the meantime, I was mentioning some grilling. Going to happen tonight. Thick cut pork chops going to be on the grill tonight. Looking forward to it from Robert Specialty Meats down in Washington on Sunset Drive, to be exact. Don't have the Al Capone roast uh, today, maybe tomorrow, but tonight I've been saving these pork chops. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, they're celebratory pork chops as uh, we get some more uh, done in the studio and some things uh, finally finalized. We're just waiting for the final electric to be run and some of the cabling and then uh, the final coat of paint to dry, and that's it. So tonight, Sit back, relax, beverage, beer, brewer's game on, grilling out those pork chops, a little bit of that uh, that rub on there. Oh, so good. Can't wait. From Robert's Specialty Meets Waukesha. Robert's Specialty Meets Waukesha.com. That is Robert's Specialty Meets Waukesha. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews out there on County Road K in Oconomowoc, reminding you that uh, they, uh, well, first and foremost, the patio is open and the outdoor bar is open. The TVs are going and they've got a lot of good stuff. They've got a a taste you're going to remember with every flavor telling a story of deliciousness, as they say. They've got their weekly specials that are out. And uh, right now, tacos and hugs wrapped in tortillas coming up. They've got that tonight as well. They've got taco takeout. So uh, get a hold of our friends out there at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, County Road K in Oconomowoc, and you can follow them at Boondocks BBQ and Brew over on uh, over on Facebook, and you can also track them down, Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews in Stonebank, Wisconsin. 
uh, which is the same as the Oconomowoc area, uh, and their website, uh, boondocksbbqs.com, boondocksbbqs.com, opening up at 4 o'clock again today, and good stuff a-flowing thereafter. Good stuff. All right, it is time. What did we miss? All right. Bangers only today, Bill. Uh, we we start in Utah. I was going to ask you where you thought this story took place, and you would have said Florida. <laughs> but I will. I'll spoil it off the top. Headline okay. reads, widow who wrote a grief book after husband died, charged with his murder. The story reads, a, a Utah widow who, who penned a grief book for children in the wake of her husband's death has been charged with his murder. The mother of three uh, was arrested Monday for allegedly poisoning her husband. And then a year to the day later, she published uh, a children's book to help with kids that the have children's book. OK, that have recently uh, lost their their fathers or some of their parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, she'd been trying to do it for a while and then finally was able to find uh, drugs hard enough to to do it. It's it's uh <laughs> I just sent you the link. I would advise reading yeah, it because it is, it. Yeah. it's something. And, and we're not talking about some old haggard lady here in any, any No, it's, it's, she's, she's probably mid-30s. She's pretty good looking, if we're being yeah, honest. She's attractive, and she killed, <laughs> off, uh, killed off the dude. Yeah. 33. I was right. 33 years old. Summit County. She poisoned her husband. Now, I will say... I am uh, not only a sports junkie, but a Dateline fanatic. And whenever you see a husband that dies inexplicably from whatever ailment they can't seem to necessarily figure out, and now you pretty much yell, check for uh, check for poisoning via antifreeze. Because unless you look for it, you don't find it. You know, you don't see it right away. And that seems to be the poison of choice for some of these women, they and then they say, I can't, or men for that matter, because I've seen it on Dateline for that as well. But it seems to be antifreeze poisoning. You put it into a Gatorade or into a drink and you do it slowly over time to where it looks like they're sick and they don't feel good. And, they, and you know, trying to figure out the symptoms and then they die. <laughs> and then you realize they got a whole buildup of antifreeze in their system. And that's what ultimately kills them. So I'm just telling you, you're you're all over this. Oh, I am, baby. I I tell you what, I've always said, I ever get, I ever get sick for a long period of time, man. I've been poisoned. Somebody's feeding me some antifreeze. Hell yeah. So there you go. Police arrived at her home on the night of Eric's death to find him laying at the foot of the bed, and uh, and then they go on from there and say he was poisoned. So unless she she's a it. pharmacist and she's finding something else, uh, finding something else to use, I'm checking my antifreeze locations. Well, no, she she bought uh, fentanyl. Oh, and put it in a Moscow mule. Gotcha. Okay. This is well, very cruel. Odd so story. she got a little creative, but you know, let's not give her credit, a, Bill. She killed her husband. It, right, but unless, well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, she on. got creative, tried to use something different because she must also be watching the Datelines. I am, and she's like, you know, I can't <laughs> use antifreeze. Bill's on to me. So she fentanyled up, but unless he's a chronic drug user, nobody's gonna buy that either. So there you go. Yeah, maybe she had because uh, on February 14, 2022, the couple had a Valentine's Day dinner in which Eric, quote, became very ill. A probable cause statement uh, cited by the station states. Uh, Eric believed that he had been poisoned and he told a friend he thought the wife was trying to poison him. Why don't you just get out at that point? Right. Or something. 
And she's got, and she's, she's, to look at the woman, she's got this very sweet smile and disposition. And you just look at her eyes, and her eyes don't look crazy. But you could, you know, the way she's clenching her teeth, she's probably like, yeah, go ahead and put your arm around me because you only got a few months left and you're going to be toast. There you go. And then she wrote a book. And she wrote a book about it. Are you with me? Oh, maybe she's got like one of the, uh, maybe she's one of these people that needs the sympathy. You know what I mean? Maybe she didn't want to kill her husband, but she wanted the sympathy from everybody else around her. She's one of those bananas. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go therapist. Not, not like a Munchausen thing, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Killed her husband. Just, just terrible. Yeah. Terrible. But look at that. She's a she's a beautiful woman. She's got that really nice smile. You'd never suspect her uh, with the with crazy eyes of being a killer. And they got kids. That's the thing. They got they got a, a whole fleet of kids. Big family portrait. Oh, it's sad. Yep. That's sad. Um. I don't know how to transition, but this was a headline. My question is, where's that troll getting fentanyl anyway? She doesn't look like she's going to be heading down to the Bill, it's know, Utah. corner. Okay. It's Utah. I didn't know they did that out there with, you know, multiple, multiple I don't know. wives and stuff in Utah. Maybe one of the other wives had some fentanyl for her. Hmm. <laughs> um, I don't have a good transition to this, Bill. A big story from yesterday. Uh, West Virginia head coach Bob Huggins appearing oh, on yeah. a WLW radio show Bill in Cincinnati. Cunningham. I figure I you knew who Bill Cunningham was, oh, yes. given your knowledge of uh, that city. I worked with Bill. Bill's been there forever. Oh, really? Ever. Oh, God, yeah. Bill was an attorney, and then he became a talk show host, very uh, political talk show host, very mm-hmm. smart in the community, but, oh, yeah, I heard this. Holy so Bob crap. Huggins went on the show, uh, uttered... Uh, a homophobic slur, things that yes. cannot be said. Calling yet. Xavier and their fans. Yeah. Um, he has since apologized, saying that there's no excuse for it. Things It's the apology you would expect yeah. to see. Uh, there hasn't been any action from West Virginia, but... But he didn't say it once. It's uh, He doubled down and said it twice. Unbelievable. In the same sentence. It, it, I, I just... You know, I, I'm stunned. It's also like you're you're on the radio. Like how right? I, how stupid can you be? Just don't toe the line. I don't know. Um, I I will say this, and I don't know. So don't say I said yes one way or the other. But I had to question whether, and not that it is an excuse to this, but I had to question whether or not. He was uh, he was imbibing at the time. Hmm. He talks that way. He sounds that way. Uh, Bob, in my discussions with him years and years and years ago, um, when he would come to town, I would get a call every now and then, late at night. Yeah, uh, I just I, I wondered if that was the imbibing Bob, and suddenly the the realness came out. But yeah, he was Even's- never a fan. Back in the day when him and Pete Gillen used to go at it uh, in the Crosstown Showdown. They called it the Crosstown Shootout then. You can't do that anymore. But uh, back when they would go at it, uh, they, yeah, they were, yeah, boy. Even so, uh, not good. And I will, we'll monitor the story to see if, see what action comes of it. I equated it like, even if you are out there and you disagree with whatever consequences, it's like the line is so clearly drawn. So passing it, right, I, right. I, I don't know how you can cross it and be surprised when strict actions come down. 
Right. So we'll see. Um, yep. And then finally, before we get out of here, some uh, some Tiger Woods semi news. First of all, is, is Caddy Joe LaCava going to Caddy for Patrick Cantlay, given Tiger's been dealing with uh, that leg injury that he's been dealing with. Uh, apparently, his ex-girlfriend claimed that he began dating her when she was an employee, first her to sign a non-disclosure agreement to keep her job, and then ended up using a trick by an attorney when he told her to go to the airport for vacation with all of her stuff before uh, locking her out of the house. <laughs> so we're monitoring that as well. That Let is ongoing. Me Let me in. There you go. Good stuff. All right. Time for us to get out of here. Another banner day on the Bill Michael Show. Certainly appreciate it. Back at it again tomorrow. Hopefully the Brewers get another win tonight. And we're all basking in the euphoria of a three-game win streak. Until then, time for us to go. Have a good one. Hoop.